there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified. I would ask you please to go to our webpage to find out more information about us. That is biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. There you can find out a lot more information about us. We have a prayer request page there and a podcast index page. You can scroll through all those things and get more information about past podcasts that we have done on the questions and answers. If you're new to the podcast, I'd encourage you to do that. Today we are going to answer some questions that did come in through our webpage, and if you have a question, you can submit it uh, through our webpage there as well. I'd encourage you, please, to tell a friend or family members about us if you like us, and please hit that like button and make sure to follow us. We have many more followers each and every week, and we praise God for all of that. If you have a Bible, I would also encourage you to grab it and follow along. If you do not have one or many available for free on the internet, you can do a simple search engine search and find those as well. Our uh, questions today we are going to answer. The first one is from Justin. He says he's from Liberal, Kansas. And I want to thank you, uh, Justin, for your interest in our podcast and, and for your two questions about Noah. The questions are, how did Noah build the ark without power tools? In the second part, did Noah have any help building the ark? Well, I, these are very interesting questions. I uh, don't know if I've been asked the power tool question before, but that's okay. Uh, that's why we're here to try to help and answer this. So, we're really not given any details about the actual construction of, of the ark which Noah built. We are told in detail about the blueprints, uh, the materials, the size, and the shape, uh, and so on. And you can find that in Genesis chapter 6, verses 14 through 22. I mean, God's going to tell them how many decks uh, this will have. Uh, it's going to tell them about the length and the height, and there has to be a door, and, and the gopher wood, and so on, and so forth. And so, there is a little bit of detail uh, of how uh, the final project of this ark would be. In fact, a, a better term, we just call it an ark, because that's just the way the King James interpreted it. But really, it's a barge. It has no sail, and it has no rudder. So it's just going to float. It's just going to be a big barge floating around. Noah obviously had tools in which he could cut and shape the lumber, uh, some kind of nails, perhaps uh, wood dowels or wood pegs. Uh, I know my great uncles and granddads, they built a barn, did not have a single power tool, and did not use any screws. They used uh, hand tools and uh, wood dowels to put it all together and that barn stood for over a hundred years before it finally just gave out. We're also uh, aware if we read through the Genesis account here uh, Noah he had three sons and I am sure they supplied uh, manpower. Uh, early on Noah's father would also be living when God uh, would originally 
called Noah to build the ark. So his father may have helped, maybe some kind of resources uh, was used through his father. It's possible Noah actually hired workers too. But let's be very clear. The Bible really doesn't say anything about who the workers may or may not have been. I know it's popular teaching. Uh, There's a popular movie out several years ago uh, that angels or a special being or, I don't know, aliens, whatever it was. I honestly uh, did not watch the movie. I was only told about it. I helped Noah cut all the trees and, and build the ark. The Bible does not say angels came. It doesn't say anything about the manpower other than Noah and his three sons. Uh, and, his, of course, his wife and his uh, daughter-in-laws. So the thrust of the text is simply, as we read through the Genesis account in Genesis chapter 6, is God's way of letting us know that he called Noah, he told Noah to build an ark, and Noah built that ark. Noah was in charge of that project and completed that project. Uh, The ark was to hold his wife, his sons, his daughter-in-laws, and it was to hold animals Uh, as well, so they would be able to repopulate or reproduce uh, after the flood was over so that we have animals today. And so uh, this would have taken a long time to build uh, something of this size, uh, but they had plenty of time to do so. It took 120 years to build an ark. During this time, Noah uh, also preached to the unbelieving and wicked world. And you can read all that in Second Peter chapter 2. And let's read that real quick. So if you've got a Bible, uh, turn with me to Second Peter chapter 5. Okay, Second Peter chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 2. And let's back up here into verse 4. It says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to the pits of darkness reserved for judgment. And he did not spare the ancient world preserved. Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And so Peter uh, says that Noah was also a preacher. And for those who criticize their preacher and say he doesn't convert anybody, uh, the, the church is not growing, it's the preacher's fault, well, Noah preached for 120 years and apparently did not convert one person uh, to get him into the ark with him. There's no record of anybody else entering the ark except Noah and his immediate family. And so, again, Thank you, Justin, for your question. I hope this kind of helps answer it. I'm encouraged that you're reading through the Bible, especially the Old Testament, and trying to learn some uh, Bible history. So may God bless you in your study of the Word of God. And if I can help you in any other way, answer other questions, please feel free uh, to contact us through our webpage. The next question comes from Spain. And that's all the uh, email stated says, how many times are Jesus and God mentioned in the Bible? Well, uh, the first verse in the Bible has the name God in it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God. 
And the last four verses of the Bible has the name of God twice in them. And that would be in Revelation uh, chapter 22, verses 18 through 21. The name of God appears about 226 times in the book of Genesis alone. Sometimes two or three times in a, in a single verse. His name appears more in the first five books of the Old Testament than anywhere else in the Bible. Perhaps more in Deuteronomy than any other book. Between Deuteronomy and Revelation, the names of God, Jehovah and Lord, are found countless times. And since the Bible is from God and about God, we, we should not really be surprised that he mentions himself so many times. God is the center of the Bible. Now, the names of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, uh, Savior, and Son of God, they are found mostly in the New Testament, and they appear uh, many hundreds of times. The name Jesus alone appears 240 times in the Gospel according to John alone, which is far more uh, than most of the narratives of the life of Christ that we would read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The book of Romans mentions the name of Christ more than any other epistle. The combination of Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ also appears many times in the New Testament. And notice this following passage here in Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that a certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2 says, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling with all who are in every place, call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. And so I have some this Bible software, and I can plug in uh, these names, and I have different uh, versions on this software, and I can change those versions to kind of get some numbers. So, uh, I, I want to kind of go over this real quickly here. Uh, I'm going to use the new international version first, the NIV, which uh, is the most popular version out there, contrary to beliefs and statements. There are, you go to your local Bible Christian bookstore, and they're going to tell you uh, they sell the NIV far more than any other version. So, the word God in the NIV in the Old Testament appears 2,726 times. God in the NIV, New Testament, appears 1,253 times. The word Jesus in the NIV in the New Testament, uh, excuse me, the Old Testament there is, yeah, New Testament, 1,275, excuse me. And the Old Testament is 530 times. Now, compare that with the King James Version. And we have some diehard King James fans out there that listen, and that's great. 
the word God in the Old Testament appears 3,091 times. In the King James Version, New Testament, the word God appears 1,356 times. So, uh, a little bit more in the NIV, than the NIV. And the same will hold true uh, with the King James in the New Testament. Uh, Jesus appearing uh, 983 times in the New Testament, the word Christ appearing 555 times. And then there is another version out there. It's an older version. And we uh, have several people who uh, like to use this version that we know. So I pulled this up. Uh, the New Revised Standard Version, NRSV. And the word God in the Old Testament appears 3,054 times. God in the New Testament appears 1,255 and in New Testament, the word Jesus appears 999. And the word Christ appears 468 times. And so I hope that uh, that helps answer uh, your question. And uh, I, I kind of like doing that with that software. It's easy to do. And I've had it for years, so... I just kind of play with it every once in a while and do those kind of things. And it's kind of interesting that uh, you had a question. So, Larry, uh, thank you for your interest in the Bible and uh, your study and with the uh, the podcast here. I appreciate your weekly listening, and I hope that you will continue to listen. The next uh, question is, who gives us... The authority to call a person a Christian or not? Well, this is kind of an interesting uh, statement. Uh, I've heard over the years when people in the congregations where I was preaching were fighting amongst each other, and they'd say, well, that guy can't be a Christian. I can't call him my brother. Well, we need to be careful when we say those kind of things. You don't know it'll, uh, if he's uh, a brother or not. He may not be uh, liking you right now you may not be getting along with him right now but you don't know his true status with god and you need to be careful too and look in the mirror if you're displaying an, a temper tampering uh, he might be thinking the same thing as you and about you the word christian uh, simply means one who believes and follows christ a christ followers and really, the term is really used extremely loosely today. Some speak as uh, America as being a Christian nation, which is just literally, it's just not true. We haven't been one uh, in a long time. Uh, I know the United States was based on Christian morals and values uh, out of the Bible, and uh, I believe that's what allowed us to flourish as a nation was being blessed by God for allowing his word to freely be taught. But the term is first found in the following passage. And that would be in Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came about that for an entire year they met with the church and taught a considerable numbers 
and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So apparently, it was from that moment forward that the disciples or saints were called Christians. And, you know, we see this word saint a lot in the New Testament, and that's really all that word means is a Christian, a Christ follower. I know the Catholic Church puts a big emphasis on sainthood and all that, but that's really a misuse of that term. We have uh, the term used two other times in the New Testament as well, and that will be found in Acts chapter 26 and verse 28. And here is Paul. He's in his trial. Uh, he's been arrested for preaching and teaching the gospel, and the Jewish people have persecuted him and kind of really forced their hand with Rome, and he's been arrested, and he's standing in front of King Agrippa. Acts 26 verse 28 says, and Agrippa replied to Paul, In a short time you will persuade me to become a Christian? And in 1 Peter, the Apostle Peter here, in his first epistle, chapter 4, verse 16 says, But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed, but in that name let him glorify God. As a Christian is one who is obeying the terms of the gospel of Christ and has been saved by the blood of Christ. And you can find that in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, Acts chapter 2, and so on. It describes fully there uh, about the faithful lives and the teachings of Christ and the apostles. You can even read a little bit in the Jerusalem Conference in Acts chapter 15, uh, where the church is really divided at that moment in time over uh, Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And in the uh, Jewish Conference, they kind of come up with some conclusions. The Jewish Conference is real important, and we're not going to go into that today. Uh, but as a Christian Gentile today, I'm thankful for the uh, Jerusalem Conference. It made it really clear that I do not have to follow the laws of Moses and get circumcised and do all kinds of things prior to becoming a Christian. And so they will use Cornelius as an example, who was a Gentile and was able to speak in tongues and did other things. And so uh, I, I hope this kind of answers your question. I appreciate your question and Again, thank you for listening to the podcast, and I hope and pray uh, that you will call on us again, and hopefully we'll be able to help you. Our next question comes from uh, New York, New York. And again, thank you for emailing this question, and it is um, kind of an interesting one, kind of goes along with the holidays here. Uh, he says here, I was told it was wrong to give money to the Salvation Army, because they have an incorrect message. He does not believe this, but would like to know what you think. Apparently he has a friend that uh, is really struggling with this, as I kind of read the email here. But the short answer really is the Salvation Army really is a religious organization. A lot of people do not know that. And so uh, they do have some um, unique doctrines and practices that they actually do 
like any other denomination, they have numerous teachings uh, that I kind of struggle with. And so, but their principle, okay, uh, their principal mission, which is really good, and I, I'm encouraged by that, is helping the poor. They help those who are unemployed, who are homeless, those who suffer from natural disasters. Uh, there is no doubt that they provide much-needed help in communities all over the world. And most people who contribute to the Salvation Army uh, do so out of this compassion for the needy and probably not really understanding uh, and the support of the religious beliefs of the Salvation Army. And I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not going to say it's wrong to help the needy through the efforts of the Salvation Army. I believe that is an individual believer's decision, and that's where I'm going to try to leave it here. If you're struggling with a certain group's religious beliefs or doctrines, there's many other options out there uh, to help financially support and give the poor. We try to do that here through our ministry. We have uh, the resources to do that, and we try to do that locally as well. Uh, in the Philippines, we try to help them as well. Uh, many churches have special programs, especially around the holidays, uh, to help the needy. They have coat drives, uh, gloves and stocking caps for kids and uh, toys for kids so they they have something for christmas there's angel trees there's all kinds of things around this time of year that really if you want to help a needy child or person there's plenty avenues to to do that galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says so then while we have an opportunity let us do good to all men especially of those who are the household of faith. Uh, if you know somebody who is a Christian, a born-again believer, and they're really struggling uh, with food or clothing or paying a heat bill, I'd encourage you to try to figure out how you can help them uh, get through the winter and whatnot. Again, I, I thank you for your question, and, and may God bless you in your study of his word and trying to want to have a clear conscience before God in doing what's right and helping the needy. I... I think that's very commendable, and I appreciate that. So if we can be any further help, again, please feel free uh, to call on us and, and contact us through our webpage. Again, I wish to thank all of our listeners uh, for our their faithful weekly following. We know that uh, you have a very busy schedule. You know, there's a lot of sickness going on, people working overtime or trying to go see family and friends with the holidays and whatnot. And so thank you for taking the time to download it and listen to us. And we did a, a positive email from a congregation out in Colorado again. Uh, they actually listen to this podcast and use it for their weekly uh, midweek study. They do not have a full-time preacher, and they sit around and discuss what we've talked about on the podcast and I, I just, I'm blessed. I just really, really think that's really neat. And so uh, if you have not already, please hit that like button and, and follow us on your favorite podcasting app. I know you can listen to it directly through our webpage as well. We have that set up now. And so I ask you to please do tell your friends and family about us. 
and we enjoy all the questions that we do get and the positive encouraging emails that's what makes us want to continue to do what we're doing and again you can contact us through our social media accounts uh, we're on MeWe, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Uh, those links can be found on our webpage as well. Again, I want to thank you for listening. and May God bless you, and may He have the glory.